is a podcast that seeks to bring the church world and the art world a little closer together. My name is Matt Anderson. I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, if you have not, please subscribe to this podcast. And then depending on your platform, we would love a five-star rating and review. Well, there's a problem that I've seen over the last couple of decades, I would say, as I mosey around the kingdom of God from church to church. And it seems like as Christians, heaven is the place where we're all going, but nobody seems to want to get there. Now, hear me out. I'm not talking about having some sort of death wish or being bad stewards of our life and our health. It's just that no one seems to be all that excited about heaven. It's almost like the great letdown. Now, again, I'm not saying we we shouldn't grieve losses in this life that we have of uh, especially, you know, believers, because we know from Scripture where they're at to be in the presence of the Lord. Uh, We miss them and uh, not having them here really stinks. Uh, But I think even Christians have completely lost the sense of how beautiful and awesome and restorative heaven is. I mean, just being in the presence of God alone. And I know we say that in church, but it's nothing like what it will be like that day. Just being in God's presence and away uh, from the hurts and the temptations of this life is great enough. Uh, But heaven is so much more than that. I think we've often been maybe affected subconsciously by secular interpretations of heaven Uh, as portrayed on TV and movies. Um, In those, I don't know if you would agree with me, it it seems like heaven is constantly filled with smoke or dry ice. It's like London on a really bad morning. Everything is like this stale white color, which apparently is the only color allowed uh, in heaven, by the way. And uh, it kind of makes a doctor's waiting room look like an amusement park in comparison. So since in our heads, we we really don't have much of an understanding of heaven, we've kind of decided we're just going to have heaven here on earth. We, we want to have uh, the perfect life. And and again, the, the phrase, our best life slips in there. And I've, I've done a previous podcast on that. But it was originally used in Christian circles, now used by everyone to promote having it all while we're here. Uh, it's the old, you only live once uh, mentality. And uh, I think that kind of philosophy just causes striving for more and more. And, and there's never enough, and you can't get far enough. You can't get promoted enough. You can't make enough. You can't accumulate enough. Uh, more and more, better and better, uh, with seemingly no end. And it is about as far from contentment as possible. Okay, let's, let's call this an intervention of sorts. Uh, first, for those to whom this podcast is primarily aimed, namely artists, need I remind us 
that the chances of becoming unbelievably wealthy <laughs> or reasonably wealthy or uh, even of becoming able to pay our bills from our creativity are extremely slim to none. That's the intervention part. I'm not trying to drag out the fire hose and dampen your dreams, but if, if anything else besides creating, especially money, becomes the goal, our creativity really won't last long. Because if the money isn't flowing, we will give up. And let's face it, most likely the money won't be there. The fame won't be there. So it's time for us just to face up to it. Let's admit it. Let's get it off the table and just create because we love the process of doing it and impacting an audience, whether it's one person or 10,000. That is our best life as artists. The best life of the palace, the opulence, and beauty of everything is waiting for us as believers when we leave here. That's why I like to say that we're shooting for our best life later. Secondly, now to Christians in general, I, I want to just take some time to remind us of how magnificent heaven is and shall be, and, and to think about what is awaiting that later best life. And I want it to become a, a reminder of the Lord's promise to us and a reward from God the Father for a job faithfully done. So what we need to do as Christians, when we think about heaven, are we filled with excitement or are we filled with dread? Do we have such an awful picture of what heaven is that it, it just feels like, oh, there's no way it's going to be as great as this? If so, we have really messed it up in the kingdom and in the church, or at least personally, we've messed it up really bad. We need to be reminded of, of what's waiting for us. Uh, it, it's, it's time to remember what Paul said in Philippians when he said, to die is gain. There's a reason for that. And it's not because we're going to <laughs> have worship services that last for 32 years and we're standing the entire time and there's songs that we don't know. Uh, that was how it was portrayed when I was a kid. Uh, and it'll be like the worst church service ever. No, it, it's going to be so glorious. But it's not now. It's later. So as artists and, and believers, can we just be freed up to shoot for that and not think about riches and stuff as signs of God's love? In fact, we need artists who will take a stab, I think, at portraying heaven as it really is. I, I think this is where uh, Christians who are creative really can step in and get a sense scripturally of what heaven really is, and then let's find artistic ways to show it, if for nothing else. Uh, I, but I think it serves even the, the non-believing audience for them to see, hey, this is what we Christians, this is what it's all about right here. This is why we do the church thing on Sunday. This is why we say no to a lot of things that people say yes to. It's because this is waiting for us. We need artists more than ever to just say, you know what? I'm going to I'm going to try to get away from the smoke-filled room and the dry ice everywhere and get a hold of what heaven really is and show it, portray it, write it, photograph it, 
uh, sculpt it, uh, woodwork it, whatever it is, and find a way to show people this is what the Lord has waiting for you. very careful with their words. For too long, we've allowed antiquated ideas like the First Amendment to allow them to speak freely. We know how people's words can literally send you into physical turmoil, and we think it's time to do something about it. Now you have a chance to fight back with the Woke Alert Bracelet. The Woke Alert Bracelet is a rubber wristband with a button attached it fits comfortably on your arm. When you sense cultural appropriation or other threats to your personal safety, simply push the button and an alarm will ring out, annoying everyone in a five mile radius, forcing the speaker to stop talking and hopefully restoring you from an anxiety attack. For instance, Hey guys, what's going on? Guys! I'm offended, and I can't get up. What Twitter can't do, you can. It's time to be offensive, uh, I mean, take the offensive against speech that makes you uncomfortable or makes you think. So, uh, what would you like for dinner tonight? Mexican? Unlike having microaggression pain. If people have the freedom of speech, then we have the freedom to silence them forever with the Woke Alert bracelet. And here's the best part. You can turn the wristband off when you're listening to someone you agree with and let the rhetoric just wash over you. It's time to remind the other half of the population that their free speech comes at a price. Woke Alert bracelet. Woke Alert bracelet. Because inclusion can't happen without exclusion. So getting back to our heaven discussion, let's get into specifics of what this place is going to be. And we know there's kind of two levels to this. There's there's sort of the heaven right now, which is the you know the presence of God. Some call it paradise, uh, where believers in Christ, when they pass, their soul is in the presence of God. Their body is here on earth, and it's you know it's gone, it's decaying. 
And then eventually we're going to receive a glorified body. I'll talk about that in a second. But then the second sort of phase is the new heaven and the new earth that comes down from heaven down here. And uh, and it's going to be absolutely glorious. And it's written in the, the last chapter or so of the Bible. Uh, but here's what Jesus told the disciples in John chapter 14. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God. Trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I'm going there to prepare a place for you. That's always exciting to me. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. Everybody, Jesus is meticulously preparing this place for us. And he's been doing that for millennia now. So it's got to be better than a stale, smoke-filled room in which God speaks with really heavy reverb. So here's a few things I want us to know about heaven. The first thing is that it's a place of restoration. In heaven, life is restored to what it was meant to be. Everything will be restored to its physical beauty. Revelation 21 tells us of God making a new heaven and new earth, quote, coming down from God out of heaven. And, and many believe that the new heaven and earth will actually, yes, be right here, but to a much greater degree of beauty than ever. Author John Eldridge talks about, um, about heaven and saying that, you know, really we don't need a bucket list. You know, we have those places we want to go and see before our life ends. And he goes, you don't need a bucket list because... Because of Christ, you get it all back. And then you have all of eternity to go to these places and to see the wonders that God has made. And what is coming will surpass the most beautiful place you've seen on earth by a thousand times. Our bodies are going to be restored back to what God intended them to be before man sinned. Uh, Paul talks about this in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, put in the ground weak, it comes up powerful. The seed sown is natural. The seed grown is supernatural. Same seed, same body, but what a difference from when it goes down in physical mortality to when it is raised up in spiritual immortality. What's Paul saying here? He's saying, I have no idea what it's going to be like, but it's going to be amazing. So let me take a stab at this. Here's a, here's a hint of what it will be like, on a, just on a smaller scale, okay? <laughs> Depending on your age, you'll grab onto certain ones of these. There's no more acne, no more bad breath, earwax, dandruff, foot odor, or other obnoxious smells that are currently found in your teenage son's room. But let's take it up a notch. There, there's, there's no more COVID. <laughs> Maybe I should pause about 60 seconds there. We all rejoice. No masks in heaven. I'll just throw that one in too. <laughs> no flu, no colds, no coughs, allergies, broken bones, ADHD, nearsightedness, autism, depression, migraines. Uh, but it gets better than that. No more bulimia, AIDS, diabetes, cancer, Alzheimer's, dementia, ALS, Parkinson's disease, MS, heart disease. And while I'm at it, death. 
I mean, that's what I call restoration. I think about, you know, my mom passing away now 35 years ago. And she was racked with cancer for three years. And I saw the slow decline of her health. But now she's in God's presence, which is everything. And she's cancer free. And when the trumpet sounds, she's going to have a brand new body as well. And so will you and I. Here's an aspect of things that we don't think about in heaven. Our relationships will be restored. We're, we're going to be able to live in perfect community. There'll be no more hiding from people. No, no more living in fear of revealing who we really are. And you and I face that all the time. You know, I was talking with a friend last night about how many churches genuinely have community. And people are always scared to play their cards or show their cards. And since the Garden of Eden to today, our specialty has been hiding from one another. Uh, when I was a, a state youth director, I remember the last day of camp. I always, I loved watching the last day of camp because the, the kids got super emotional and they'd say things like, I love you so much. You know what I mean? And that's the guys, you know, so... Uh, but it's going to kind of be like that all the time, but we're not saying goodbye. There's going to be this freedom to say what we love and appreciate about others without fear of rejection. We won't feel the need to conceal parts of our personality. We, we won't be afraid of rejection or ridicule. We won't have to measure up to some kind of earthly standard of acceptance. We're going to love one another without fear or shame. Can we even begin to process that? I mean, if it's truly heaven, it's got to be better than our best vacation. It's got to be better than our most meaningful relationship. It has to be better than the greatest feeling of joy we have ever experienced. That, I think, is the restoration that awaits us. And heaven is all about restoration. Let me bring one more aspect of heaven to us today. You know, it's also a place of reward. In various New Testament scriptures, we see that uh, the Lord will reward his children one day for the things they have done for the kingdom of God and the Lord's glory. Uh, in Revelation chapters 2 and 3, there are the promises, quote, to those who overcome. But beyond that, we don't know all the rewards the Lord might give. Beyond that, I like to think about the reward of being done with temptation and spiritual warfare. Oh, man, can you think about that, folks? <sighs> to me, wow, that's near the top of the list. Uh, uh, there may be one thing supersedes it, but the fact that we don't have to face temptation anymore. We don't have to go through spiritual warfare or attack. We don't have to doubt who we are in Christ anymore. There's no more anxiety in heaven, folks. Just think about it for a moment. Because of Adam and Eve's sin, you and I are born into it, into sin. We, uh, we have this thing called the flesh. It's a biblical term that basically means the stuff that I want to do regardless of God. <laughs> I'm just going to do my thing. I'm going to do what feels good. In other words, what we see around us every day. That's the flesh. And you and I have to fight the flesh every day of our life. 
when we're laying in bed and, you know, we, we need to get up and meet with God and the flesh is like, no, you want to stay there for another half hour. And we have to go, oh, you know, and everything's a fight. Everything we want to do for the Lord is a fight. In heaven, there's no more fighting. We won't have to go through the trials and the hurts and the disappointments of this life because of sin. We will be in a place that is sin-free, and that includes us when we arrive. I want to give a couple of reasons why this is so important to understand this as artists. Because I think it affects how we view our life on earth. Going back to what I said earlier in Philippians 1, Paul is writing the book of Philippians from prison. He's imprisoned by the Roman Empire. He knows his life could end at any moment. And so he gives a wonderful mission. He says, for to me, to live is Christ and to die is gain. You know what that sounds like? I've got nothing to lose. If I live, I live to create, inspire, and challenge people toward Christ. If I die, I end up with Christ. And I'm free of all this nonsense. I can't lose either way. Boy, what freedom there is in that. Which is kind of the point. We are investing for later. Even if it looks to others here, like we're wasting our time. If the goal is not enriching ourselves, but glorifying God, we cannot lose artists. Please remember that. Remember that when tickets or books aren't selling or commissions have dried up or you've hit a creative wall. And you know, ultimately, the greatest prize of heaven is Jesus himself. He's the goal. That's number one. Imagine being able to see him, to speak to him, to have him speak over you, to have him embrace you, to have to verbally hear what he really thinks about you. And it's awesome. I've had to imagine it all, all this time in my life, but one day we won't have to imagine it. And he's going to say better things than we can even imagine. I feel like I'm going to spend the first 10 years in heaven crying. I know there's no more tears there, but I don't know. I think I'm going to be so overwhelmed. I'm just going to cry for like the first 10 years. I remember in the year 2000, so this is over 20 years ago, and before 9-11, I remember a group of us from our youth ministry took a trip uh, to Germany. We did a missions trip there for about 10, 11 days. And I mentioned pre-9-11 because these were the days when you could have family and friends literally meet you at the gate. If you're under 30, yeah, that was a thing. You could literally go all the way to the gate and see your friends come off the jetway. Now, I remember when we finally landed in Cleveland, we had probably been traveling uh, between layovers and everything else 24 hours. We were pretty rugged. <laughs> I think I remember at one point washing my hair in an airport sink somewhere in Amsterdam, I think. You know, we just, we weren't looking or smelling good. And it was June, and I remember that last leg. We sat on the tarmac for an extra hour, sweating it out, and I just thought, yeah, just put on another layer of it. Doesn't matter at this point. 
We were so exhausted when we pulled into Hopkins Airport. And we started making our way off the plane and down the jetway. And as we walked into our gate, there were about 20, 25 people from our church. Parents, uh, pastors, friends. And they were holding up signs and they had balloons. And as we walked off, there they were screaming and yelling and clapping for us. And suddenly we didn't feel so tired anymore. And it was such an overwhelming thing. And for me, it almost felt like a heaven preview. Because there will come a day. We get tired from this life, don't we? It gets weary. But you and I are going to finish this race. We may not look good or even smell good when it's over, but we're still going to be standing. And we're going to make our way down a pathway when suddenly we walk into a wide expanse where billions are present. And they stand to their feet and they cheer us. They cheer you. Because you made it. And the Lord is there. He's there to be the first. I could see him putting his hands on your shoulders. And looking into your eyes. And saying, well done. Well done, good and faithful servant. As people cheer in the background. And angels sing. Enter the joys of heaven. That's what it's about. That's what you and I are living for. That's what you and I are eternally living for. May we think about that every day and not get lost in the crap of this world. But to know there is a place that is perfect that awaits us. Well, we appreciate you being a part of the MatCast. Please share this with a friend. We would love to expand our MatCast family. Our theme music is by Sound of Fusion. This has been a production of Monumental Ministries. For more information about our books and resources, please go to mattministry.com. Hey, thanks for having me over. I had a wonderful time.